And we're back. Yes, we are. This is Random Ramblings. I'm Josh. That's Kenny. And Thank you for being here. eating candy, so forgive us. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. I'm asking for forgiveness. Good for you. <laughs> well, it was polite. We didn't get them any. Okay. They're not here. Well, I don't have that many microphones. We probably wouldn't need but like four. That's probably true. We've got enough channels. <laughs> For four, yeah. I'd like to think the audience is bigger than the two of us and two other people. You know, last week we talked about this whole gaming thing. We should probably record. <laughs> well. The new laptop has a camera on it. I've been trying that. And oh. you're all, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Now, all of a sudden, you get the technology, and you're like, ooh, fancy. Just know this. If we go down the road of recording these, we're doing another MRE episode. I was actually about talking about recording us while we were playing games, but okay. We can do that, too. <laughs> Hell, yeah, we can do that, too. We were both into that candy. <laughs> Still am. It's been a long day. I, 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 I actually had to work hard today, so kind of need that extra sugar boost. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God, I lie a lot. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted the damn candy. <laughs> he, he had one of my favorites in the refrigerator where it belongs. <laughs> These people that put Reese's in the freezer, though, Y'all are animals. I don't want rawhide. I don't want. I don't want to chew on ice. I actually like my Hershey bars in the freezer too. Well, it's not like I'm getting the king size and putting it in the freezer. I mean, you know, Jesus, I'd have to run it through a blender before I could eat it. That's kind of my point. I keep thin mints in the freezer too. Ugh. No thanks. You don't like? Nope. And may the Girl Scout goddess strike me down. God forbid. I don't like the Thin Mint. I don't like the York Peppermint Patty either. And those mint M&Ms? Fuck those guys. All right. I get a taste for a York Peppermint Patty every once in a while. It's not very often. Because dude, whoever said it was right, it's like brushing your teeth after eating a piece of chocolate. <laughs> That's not a ruse I'm interested in. Every once in a while, it's like, I've got to have one of those. (laughs) Just the way it is. No. No. There is never a point where I actively want one of those. Nope. So, my wife does a lot of baking for Christmas. My child is not being murdered, I promise. I know, right? Uh, Anybody with children understands. That's actually sounded like a happy scream. She has Um, figured out the scream in the last week and a half. Um, so that's right. Yeah. You know, I, I was very pleased. First of all, it was very exciting. She interacted with me today, which Without was very prompting. exciting because she, she normally, she has to be prompted. She doesn't really, which is good. Yeah. Stranger danger. And I am strange. So at any rate, um, but she interacted with me today, but she, I had to hold like every baby doll she had, <laughs> But it was fun, and she's—I'm I, I, very impressed with the uh, the formation of words. Yes, 
where actually you didn't get a whole lot of the two word like half sentences. We're actually getting a lot more of that. She's a lot more, as you can expect, talkative um, when but you're she not was, here. I mean, she was personal. flat interacting with me though. She was bringing me stuff. I was talking to her, and she was answering me. Mm-hmm. That that was that was uh, I enjoyed that. That yep. was a lot of fun. Um, it reminiscent. <laughs> I remember twenty almost five years ago. I think that was a shot at you, kiddo. It was, kiddo. You're old. You're now a quarter of a century old. Not yet. In May, you'll be a quarter of a century old. Are you one of those parents that holds that to the highest regard? Like, you're not anything until this moment in time. No, not really. I okay. Because just... my mother won't send me a birthday text message until 417 on my birthday. I don't Because want, I wasn't here until I, then. I, I don't want my mother texting me at the time that I showed up because that would be a rude time of day. Uh, my daughter, she showed up just shortly after the workday started, um, so eight twenty one. So kudos for her for yeah. allowing you a day off. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was uh, it was it was actually kind of weird. Um, it's a fun story to tell. Uh, as we were getting closer, of course, and my wife was a little overdue, but not according to the doctors, according to us. They weren't there. We were, so we knew our math was correct. So I had one of those. Endless days at work. Mm-hmm. Come home and just, I had to get the grass mode. I had stuff I needed to do. So I come home and she goes, I've been having some contractions today. Oh, I'm going to rush and mow the grass. <laughs> so in another Lemony Snicket's moment, everything that could happen happened. Get done. I, I, and she's coming from a mile down the road. Her and the neighbor done walk, started walking. They decided they were going to walk that baby here. That's not nearly as surprising an idea a, as another, I thought. No, it actually... It, it's it, a good it, thing. It, it, it's, it is a good thing. Another neighbor comes over with a beer. That's normal. I've mowed my grass. He's got two beers in his hands. So I drink the beer. Something else went wrong. Somebody caught... Anyway, it just kept going and going and going. I finally just looked at my wife and went, this day is never going to fucking end. Went and took a shower. I get out of the shower. She's holding the stopwatch. And I'm like, what? She goes, they're really close. Okay. They weren't really close. You'd be, oh, wait, you work in radio. Three and a half minutes is an eternity. I I can get a lot of stuff done in three and a half minutes during a radio show. At the time, we lived 25 minutes away from the hospital. Okay. So they slowed down. Yep. Well, then she got miserable again, got up, started walking, they sped up. Then she sat down, they slowed down. I looked at her, I'm like, come wake me up. I have had the day from hell. Come wake me up when there's a contraction. It seemed like every 20 seconds she was waking me up. I finally got out of bed, got dressed, said, let's go. I don't want to get sent home. Fuck it, let's go. So we alert the neighbor. Yep. Neighbor, neighbor comes over. Neighbor's job was to make sure we had everything we were supposed to have when we left for the hospital. Because we both knew so we third would... third party. Yeah, we both well knew done. we would be excited enough that we would mess up. And then we, I actually, we, we thought ahead. I'm not going to say I. We thought ahead and packed an emergency situation and kept it in the trunk. Like change of clothes for each of us, blah, blah, blah. But not like snacks and stuff in the yeah. trunk. But we had this other go bag type situation going on. 
So the neighbor, and she stepped up. She goes, I want to know the instant y'all leave for the hospital. I'll come over. I'll help you get things tidied up. So basically, all we had to do was run out of the house just in case we were in one of those we better hurry up and get out yeah. of the house situations. And she was going to lock up, make sure everything was off, blah, blah, blah. So she, she comes over. She makes sure we have everything. Scared to death, a friend of mine, uh, when, she, when she was en route to the hospital, her water broke. By the way, you have to replace car seats after that. So I had... You in front seats don't dude, do well. No kidding. Um, and I, this is coming from shit guy. You. So, <laughs> I can't ride with you because I feel like if... I don't have I was, either of those functions. I was at a point... I feel like somebody's going to shoot me. I was at a point where like, on it. we couldn't take my pickup because she couldn't get in the damn thing anymore. I mean, we yeah. were having a hoister up in it, basically. And no, she didn't get that big. It was just difficult for her to get up on the running board in the truck. And no, it wasn't a high-rise. But, so, I had covered the car seat with a trash bag. I don't want to know. And put towels and everything down just in case. Uh, and, and my wife, of course, my wife rolled her eyes when I when I said all of that. And then she heard the story that I heard. And she was like, do you need another one? <laughs> but we take off the ride in. And everybody would think that I just put my foot on the floor and booked it. No, I did the speed limit. I did the speed limit because she had to say, ouch, so that I could hit the button. Why in the hell I thought I had to hit the button on the stopwatch while I was driving the car, I still don't understand. I guess I just wanted to be a part of it. She was writing everything down. We get about half of our journey, and she looks at me and she goes, if we get turned away, we're going to my mom's house. I'm not driving all the way back out here. Okay. Fine by me. I'm 100% okay with your plan. Uh, Her mom was like five minutes from the hospital compared to our 30. So I'm like, I'm 100% okay with your totally. plan. When we get to the hospital, if we get turned away, we'll just we'll just grab a phone, call your mom, tell her we're coming. No big deal. She's not going to care. She'll unlock the door go back to bed. Right. So we get there. One other person in L&D. So they decided we could stay. Always a pleasant thing. Now, we're walking from, because I decided to go ahead and park the car. And I, I tell my wife. I will drop you off at the door. No, don't drop me off at the door because I don't want you having to run around here and trying to find me if they whisk me away. Okay, let me park. Oh, look, front row parking. Because it was like 1 a.m. So let's go in. Middle of the road. You know which road I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She can't move anymore. Oh boy. And I'm like, we're not having this right here. This isn't happening. you got to make... Come on. Cross your legs, whatever you got to do. Duck walk, I don't care. Do the poop walk. Whatever it takes. Get yourself to that door because we're not giving birth in the middle of this road. So we get inside. They get us checked in. They sit her down. Everything slows down again. Mm -hmm. Anybody listening to this that has picked up on the pattern, remember it. She looks at me. She goes, I'm tired of sitting in the ER. I looked at her and said, scream. She goes, you got to be kidding me. I am not doing that. I said, if you're tired of sitting here in that wheelchair, scream. She looked at me. She's got to be kidding me. I said, next pain you get, you ain't got to scream bloody murder. All you got to do is say, convince them really, really loud. So the next one hit. She looked at me. She went, damn it. (laughs) All of a sudden, there was an orderly on the back end of that wheelchair, Uh and we were at full trot. Yep. 
Because they did not want to deliver a baby in the ER that night. If they, f- I, and I can't guarantee this, but at some point there is some leadership person that if you turn in these reports, because they all have to be, for the most part, time-stamped, if they find out that that group left a pregnant lady sitting in the ER for that amount of time, and then all of a sudden without a room, wah, 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 somebody's getting fired. So, oh, oh, hit the elevator, up we go. Get to L&D. First thing they did, get my wife pretty much tied to the bed. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at them going, can can we walk? No, no, no. We got to monitor everything. Oh, this is going to be a long night. And my wife goes, you know, you did say this day was never going to end. Shut up, woman. <laughs> By the I way. I hope you didn't say that out loud. I did. By the way, 25, 25 years ago, uh, the, the dad was not allowed to answer any of the questions. Nope. So they started asking my wife all these questions, and I'm steadily answering them. And the nurse finally looked up at me and said, you're not allowed to answer these questions. And I looked at her and said, half of what's in her is mine. Uh, we've yeah. been married. We've been married for several years now. I'm not just the guy she picked up at the bar and said, hey, I'm pregnant. Take me to the hospital. And she looked at me and she said, sorry, the father's not allowed to answer any of the questions. I'm like, how about the husband? That actually got their attention. She she realized that I was very offended, and I let the hospital know I was very offended. Uh, I understand. Did you do their survey but at the I, end? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I both. You underst- may have changed the game. Well, it's a case of I both do and don't understand. Okay, it. I'm I'm sorry. It, we we had done the pre registration thing. They knew we were married. Right. I wonder though, in some small manner. Like we've talked about in the past, everybody's pain tolerance is different. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe there are certain questions. I understand you think you know, but I need to gauge it from her. Well, You can help I, me with all of this. this I get this, 100% this, this, this. of that, but when you look at her and go, do you own a home? And I say yes, don't look at me and go, you can't answer. Again, you... It, up until this moment, you had not given me a question, so I could gauge it. I'm just trying to randomly weirdest, shoot out in the dark here. Weirdest question ever, though. We were asked if we had floors in our house. I will say this. Much like any other rule or instruction, somebody's done these things. Apparently. They also have to, I'm sure, report that to DSS. On, on that one, I was kind of confused because I'm like, Carpet or hardwood? We got to mix them both. <laughs> and, and and finally, look, the, the the little lady looked at me and she went again. You can't answer, but we, no, we mean actual floors. And I'm like, and I'm I'm now looking off into the distance, going, is dirt floors still a thing? <laughs> you know? But apparently, some situations they may be. So I think a lot of that comes from, and, and this is because of where my wife currently works. I will not go into the specifics because I don't want there to be any conflict of interest for her or HIPAA or anything like that, which I realize I trust you guys enough to not say anything. However, I'm not prepared to be that guy. Um, There are situations where they are not in the child removal business. They are a facilitator of assistance. Yes. Not in the same manner as those that remove children from bad situations. Now, there are moments where they will turn things over and go, this has gone far enough. Yes, but the fun part, fun fact, if you if you had the opportunity to pre-register, would have been nice to have been able to take care of this survey 
prior to. Sure. But anyway, back back to we're in the room, we're settled, everything's everything everything's done. She's she's deciding, and I mean, I, I and I threw this one to her. The uh, anesthesiologist comes in. Do you do you want an epidural? My wife had signed up, given permission and everything. That person comes in. Do you do you want this? We've got until this moment. You can say no right now if you want to. Blah blah blah. And she turns and she looks at me, and I went, I can't answer any of these questions. <laughs> Which I had told her from the beginning. Her body, same. Not not my not my department. I I don't know how much pain you're going to be in. I have no. There's no common frame of reference here for real. Nor will there be. And you're going to have to make that decision. Right. I, however, will stand here and let you make that decision. I did notice that I could not find the remote to the TV, and it was a Fraser Marathon. Oh, so we that know. Made the night wait, longer. wrong story. No, mine was hers for for. Oh no, for the baby. Fraser Marathon was my surgery for the baby. It was CNN and Frank Sinatra had died. So every that was back when they were doing every fifteen minutes they did the oh, headlines. Yeah. So every fifteen minutes, Frank Sinatra has died. Frank Sinatra has died. By the way, folks, if you're on that game show and you can call a lifeline, and the question is what day. Did Frank Sinatra die? I can tell you. Just put me down. I can handle it because I heard about it every 15 freaking minutes. The conviction and, with which he is delivering and, this portion of the story is unparalleled. Well, here's here's where it here's where it gets better because at approximately 8:10, my wife looks up, holding my hand, crushing all of those little carpal bones and looks at me and goes, "Did you know Frank Sinatra is fucking dead. And I'm like, if I didn't, eh, we're going to have a baby soon. <laughs> if I didn't already love your wife, that's yet enough. In those moments, finding that peace of mind, the clarity to, with an epidural, mind you. No, she didn't take it. She was, she was there. It was shortly thereafter. She oh, actually let them oh, give oh. her just a little state all to knock the edge off. And then literally, 10, 15 minutes after that hit, she's funny on that stuff, by the way. But it it wasn't maybe Apparently. 10 or 15 minutes after that, the kid was here. Um, I mean, it, it but it was the night that would never end. I got off right. work at 4 o'clock that afternoon. The kid was here the next day at 821 in the morning. And, and my mom got, gathers me up. She goes, your wife needs to sleep. The baby needs to sleep. You need to go home and sleep. And at the time, I still smoked. And I'm walking down the hallway, and I looked at my mom. I'm like, we got to stop on the sidewalk for a cigarette. She looked at me. She says, you've gone all this time without one. Now's a good time to quit. And I turned and looked at her and said, I'm smoking in your car. Your daddy won't think too too lightly of that. I don't care. You're either stopping or I'm smoking in your car. Right. Take your pick. Because <laughs> I'm now at the point where I've had enough. And you're talking about, let's go get breakfast. I haven't been asleep. <laughs> in 24 hours I don't want breakfast I want a Marlboro I want my bed <laughs> well and, and I know I've gone through the entire rundown of of my daughter's birth and all of the chaos that goes along with it but I can readily admit that I know the waiting game that goes along with that because when we <laughs> so we get we get there Friday morning, no problem. No such luck Friday night. We're up off and on that evening. 
into Saturday. My wife has napped more than I have. I did okay sleeping in the chair. I dozed off and on. No problem, whatever. Saturday night, baby arrives. Well, and again, as I've mentioned, and I won't go through all that again, baby goes to NICU. Mama's in recovery in another room because she did not have a natural birth. So it's like... imagine you didn't know whether to shit or go blind. It's that kind of moment. So I got a wife in recovery, (laughs) out cold, recovering from surgery, so I can't get any information from her. And I'm with this new small human that we have talked about what potential complications lay on the horizon. And I'm like, one step at a time, one step at a time. Where, where, what, what do you do now? Thankfully, those nurses there go, there's nothing you have to do. Go sit. It's hard to go sit when you're not going home. I mean, like there's no chance you going home. You still don't know what's going on down there. Honestly, they need to put, they need to put hallways that indoor track at the Y needs to be on one floor of the, and it needs to be the L and D floor. By the time the next, I, I can promise you, if they were to put a track in every hospital on the planet, or a treadmill in those, every room, yeah, those of us <laughs> that need to move around when when we've got something going on like that would utilize it because I I would have I didn't want to leave my wife's side while she was in that. My my fear was I wasn't going to be there when the kid got here. Right. I wanted to be there when the kid got here. Do do did I want to see every bit of it? Had the little rearview mirror set up and everything so I could. I cannot in the moment honestly tell you whether or not I did. Of course there there was what felt like a hundred people back there, you know, taking care of business. And I, I was watching the mirror, I was watching my wife, I was watching this, I was watching that, I was watching the other, getting the news every fifteen minutes. And I I cannot tell you whether or not I watched my child actually ar- arrive. But being there in the first seconds mm-hmm. was a big deal for me. So, and it's like one of the few times, other than when I quit smoking, that I just did not care for a cigarette. Uh, and I actually had offers of a break. My mother-in-law come in. She come back and she said she was only going to come back there one time. Uh, she come back one time, had a nice little conversation with us, made sure we had snacks and, and, and things. And she looked at me and she says, this is your one and only chance. She says, when I go back out there and sit down, I'm going back out there and sitting down. I'm waiting for the kid to get here. And I looked at her. I said, nope, I made a promise. I'm going to keep it. Uh, and I, I didn't care. Until I was leaving the hospital, those receptors right. did not fire. <laughs> but but at that moment, it's like all the stress hit at one time, all the relief hit at one time. And I didn't have these other things that you had going on. But I, I could guarantee you that if there had been a treadmill in that room, I'd have burnt that sucker up. By the time the next morning rolled around, because I did not sleep, from from mid-morning on Saturday until Sunday night, I did not sleep. There was not a wink of sleep. I had nurses checking on me, just like they did the baby, and I'm like, nope, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Why? My wife is not here to keep an eye while I nap. Then I am sure as hell not going to nap. Yeah. Not to mention I have the adrenaline rush of all of the precursory things that they're steadily trying to rule out and look after and i gotta make this change gotta make this change it's a barrage of information and some of those words are seven miles long right you're as they're saying them you're like and a what a what a hoda hoda was that an itis at the end or what you know and at this point you got to find the person that can speak layman at this point well and i will give the the nursing staff at, at this particular facility all the clout in the world because they would give me the rundown and then 
while not giving me treatment descriptions or advice because that's a doctor's job. They were very quick to bridge right. the gap, even though in a lot of places the nurses know as much or more as the doctors because they just come in, check a sheet, and buy. And, and I'm not discrediting doctors. they got a lot on their plate, too, yada, yada, whatever. But they would give me the official terminology, let that sink in, gauge what I did and didn't recognize, and then go, this, 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 this. Because yeah. they knew my wife wasn't there, and we were in a very unique situation because during labor and delivery, um, this hospital, it was in 2021. So while a lot of the world had gone back to pre-COVID status, hospitals had not. not yet. They're still not even completely there. They're no. better than they were. But at this point, labor and delivery allowed for, obviously, mom, <laughs> dad, and one other. So for labor and delivery, we were fine. But when we sat down and, and they were breaking it down, just in the early intervenings, they said, okay, folks, here's the deal. We need to clear this up right now. When this is done, grandma, right? And she goes, yeah, you're out of here. You got, depending on how we do this, you're out of here. And I went, I kind of looked at her funny and they go, it's a weird policy. We don't necessarily agree with it, but it's a policy we're going to enforce because that's the thing that that's our job. And I went, that's fine. So it's three of us up until birth. I go with little one. Thank goodness she's still there. They get my wife patched up down into recovery. When she leaves recovery and is admitted into a room as a patient, as a post-op patient, not as mom. Because there is paperwork for different levels. And I mean, you've done enough in medical. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You have to be lit. You can't be listed as mom. You now have to be listed as patient because you've had it done right. to you. Yeah. The moment they filed that paperwork. It's a, and it's a different recovery bed. Correct. The whole nine yards just changed. Everything changed. She's on a different floor. Yeah. She's not even where we are. I got to find her. Grandma is got like the nurse signs the paperwork that transfers her to this different surgery post-op recovery versus labor recovery. Right. She looked at my mother-in-law and said, your two hours starts right now. And she goes, really? And she goes, now she's a realist. She's in the legal profession. She understands but in the moment, she was like, I, I'm just trying to be candid with you and be honest, which we, she was fine with. But it's like, this is this is it. you got two I, hours from now. I much prefer directness in no, situations no. like that myself. I would much prefer in totally. a situation like that, I don't want you to beat around the damn bush. Just right. tell me. I will deal with whether or not I'm offended by it later. Yes. And I might be offended by it in the moment and later go, <laughs> yeah. And later go, God, it was nice. They just went ahead and said, <laughs> well, and again, I, I mean, because I, when I, my rec was dead at the, at all the COVID restrictions hit in March. Yep. And then literally 30 days later, erect, I was in, in, in a treatment room in, in an ER by myself with somebody trying to poke morphine in me because I was in an awful lot of pain. And I was, I, I was having to be my advocate. I was having right. to be my, I had to keep up with what was hurting, what wasn't hurting, what changes was going on. I mean, and and I had a, I, I guess he was a PAC. It wasn't, I had an MD check me in and check right. on me regularly, but I had my attending, as I will call it, I believe was a PAC or an yeah. FNP, one or the other. Very, again, very capable. Those people don't have no, the same no number of years of training, but they have 
uh, condensed training and they have specialized training. Dude was great, other than the fact that he really could not map wrap his mind around the fact that I did not want to be on some type of liquid pain medicine. Right. He was having an issue with that. Apparently, his words, that's not the norm. No, it's okay, not. Okay, that's fine. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm in an excruciating amount of pain, but I don't have my wife sitting here for me to tell her this hurts, this hurts, this hurts, right. and then me pass out from this high-end narcotic you you're going to hand to me. Right. And I, I need to be able to tell you what hurts. You know, dude, head-on collision. I need to be able to tell you what hurts. I'm scared out of my mind right now because everything hurts. And I know I've got to sit here long enough mm-hmm. for individual things to hurt. And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit the staff the same way you did. They were fine with, because I'd step out in the hallway where there was better cell phone signal and I'd get this, get back in your room, bitch. Okay. but I mean I was I was a whole lot happier with the whole directness because I just I don't know in the moment when you realize that you are going to have to deal with this by yourself period and you know I I tell people all the time I've I've got a wife that'll send the food back I don't have to worry about that had she been in there with me and I said hey the third hair from my temple hurts she would have made sure that she was point hey he said this hurts <laughs> right. I mean, she'd have been on top well, of all sure. of that sure same same so, exact thing but and I will give a lot of credit again not to um, the nursing staff not that they they are deserving in a whole different manner uh, I'm going to give the kudos to techno- technological advancements because once the boss lady was awake boss lady wanted status updates and a phone call won't get in it. Right. We had this little thing on this Peach device called FaceTime. That was all but a hardwired thing every hour or so, anytime yeah. anyone came in the room. Makes absolute sense. Uh, I mean, t- it was, it eased my nerves a bit. It was obviously better when she was there, but it eased my nerves well, see, a bit. We had, to, we had to figure some stuff out. My mom took a nasty fall last year. Had to have had to spend some time in the hospital. Now she ended up an hour away from me, fifteen minutes away from my sister. Right. But my sister was headed out of town for the weekend. Well, my sister and I got together and we were like, because the hospital was COVID, they were still on COVID restrictions. Right. And my sister just looked me dead square in the face and said, "All right, if I go with her in the ER room, you can't, you can't go into the ER room." All right. Um. You're going out of town tomorrow, right? Yeah. Um, why don't you take this? No, it was like a, a day later. I'm like, why don't you take this? I'll go home, make sure the house is locked up, clean up, everything like that. I'll I'll I will take care of, of that part. Then I get the call. She's going to the hospital. I'm not gonna follow her to the hospital because only one person can go to the hospital. By the time she's discharged, I'm gonna be on my way out of town. You need to be the one to go to the hospital. Okay, we we can handle that. Right. We, we had to, we had, I mean, it's it's weird because you don't think about that. That little plague has changed some things for forever. I still have doctor's offices that require you when you're in their waiting room to wear that mask. Yes. And I realize, and I will readily admit it's not my favorite thing to do, but I also know the world is bigger than just me and an inconvenience of wearing that stupid thing when it's just me. I wish they had sick and non-sick entrances. 
Pediatrician does. I know. Pediatrician does. See, I've not I've not had a problem with the mask in the, in the late waiting room of the doctor's office. And and it's because you, the person sitting next to you or across the room from you could actually be sick. I don't have a problem with that. What one of the things that I've actually enjoyed is you when mom has a doctor's appointment, mom can no longer bring her mom, the auntie that lives with her mom, two daughters, a no, boyfriend, no party bus. and at least one. You know, I, no I have seen bus. it so many times where it's like there's 15 people there because one person had a doctor's appointment. It's like, why? What? Or, yeah. Are y'all planning to go to the water park when you leave? What? What is the deal? It can you live four hours away? Everybody got to hear and understand. I, you know, I just don't get that. I've enjoyed, no, I've enjoyed that whole one person per patient rule. That, and I think that's another one of those changes that's going to stay. Um, if it were my doctor's office, it would. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I think some of that is subjective. I think for like pediatricians, mom and dad, or well, mom and dad only. I can get that, and I can get with the elderly, maybe two people, but not right. this five and six. Uh, I, I've seen it way too many times. I mean, I actually, uh, you, you mentioned I've had some medical training. I used to be an EMT, which meant I had to do time in the ER, hence me knowing to tell my wife to scream. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it it's a case of you got one person who's ill and eight standing around it. Right. Now, I get it if you've got an ill child, one adult and three other children. Nothing yet. Nobody to watch the other kids. I understand that. Right, right, but right. But now you're asking your ER staff to be babysitters because you're having a hard time tending to the sick one and keeping track of all the rest of them. Unless you got a mom like mom, mine that just sort of give you that look and you know that you're getting an ass whooping. Uh, oh, no. But see, it's that, just any, anyway, I, I appreciate the one person rule thing and i get it when it needs to be bent there's no way right. that even even a textbook birth would i stand here and say dad you got you, you need to get out in 10 minutes of course most dads by the time it's done and over with they're ready to leave anyway right <laughs> well we're exhausted yeah no I, uh, we, I we have not done any of the work but we've but carried all the we, anxiety yes we've carried all the anxiety we've sat there and watched one thing that we love dearly tend to birthing the next thing that we're going to love even more than that. And it's hair-raising. And I'm not saying what they're going through is not. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I am not trying to downplay that oh, no, at no, all. No. I'm just saying that by the time y'all are getting getting handed Tylenol and tucked in for a little bit of a nap, we're sitting over there coming down off this adrenaline high that makes riding a roller coaster look like nothing. I will readily <laughs> admit when the head nurse came to check on me the next morning, uh, I mean, he'd been on, he'd been on all night, but, um, he officially came in and sat down with me for an extended period before shift change. Cause all was at that moment quiet. And he knew that I'd been running wire to wire <laughs> and he knew what was to be expected. He came in and sat down with me and he goes, I feel like at this point in the morning, I could ask you what happened on sports center. And you could pretty much read the play by play back to me. And I said, you're not wrong. And he goes, I I know I said he said I know you've been staring at that TV because you don't know what to do, and he goes I need you to understand that you're not the only one. Just get it through your head right now. There are many a father who have the same situation that you are in with their kid up here, and there's always the uncertainty. I mean, this dude, patron saint of calming dad status down, 
And he go and I and I said, "Well, I appreciate that." And he he asked what I did for a living. He is like, "Hey, you know what? What's the kid gonna get used to?" I mean, just have you? Are you ready? You think? I mean, he said, "I know you're never ready, but are you?" I mean, he just he had a way with conversation that when he got up to leave and make other passes and check on other folks, and I went, I kind of there's part of me in my head that goes, "Don't leave." This was fun because it was good to talk to the guy, but on the other side of that, there are other. It, it's in that instant, other people need in you. In that instant, you he had was a, my married. You had, yeah, you had a best friend. I did. Uh, I your, did. Your nanny McPhee showed up. When, no I mean, kidding. My Mary in, Poppins in, was in, on point. In that instant, and I get that. In that instance, that person's your best friend, and it's like it's the one person that knows you better than everybody else in the world. You can tell them anything you need to tell them. Because and it's and it's all in the case of he could see it, yeah. He could see how tense you were, and no discredit the, to his nurses, they were very much engaged with the, what we did and how we interacted. And, the officer that worked my wreck checked in on me consistently, yeah. And it's not that the nurses didn't; they did. My my PAC, and we'll just go with PAC. He checked in r- regularly. It, but when the cop come around, there was a little bit of a level calm. Mm-hmm. Because other than other than the e, other than the EMS personnel, fire and rescue, other than those people, he's the one person that I've been talking to since it all started, and my eggs got scrambled a little bit. You know, it was a pretty massive impact. It's not that I was doing a hundred mile an hour or anything, but it was a pretty massive impact. Right. I had stuff flying around the, the the cab of my truck. My eggs got a little scrambled, and it's like I could latch on. To the officer. He was my only friend. Yep. <laughs> so I get it. I understand completely what was going on. And he's the one that had to deliver the bad news about the other guy not making it. So he's the one that in in the instant when he said that and I kind of realized how bad the wreck was. Right. Because at that moment is when I realized how bad the wreck was. Because I had not seen anything but the inside of my car. Right, you went from there to looking up Yeah, at I went people. from there to looking up at the sky and riding it. By the way, riding in an ambulance, whoo, it's nauseating. What's sad is I drive this city so much, I could tell you where I was based on what bumps and yeah, what well. turns. I knew exactly where I was. Uh, but anyway, and not to downplay what you were going oh, no, through. No, 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 I'm not, you, you, I'm and not taking always, And there's always that one. There's always that one that just seems to be able to look over and go, they need a pep talk. <laughs> yeah. And they know it. They know it. Well, and that was the, we run into that. I'm trying to think of a different, oh, I, I will give one last, and I don't want to call this an unofficial hack because that's not at all what I mean. Um, if you're ever concerned about whether you should or shouldn't go to the hospital, um, most towns have enough emergency personnel. Go ahead and call them. Yeah. For two reasons. For one, don't let something happen on the drive-in and you don't have the trained folks to help you with it. And two, the people on the ambulance immediately go to the back. You don't go waiting room. All right. <laughs> There's, that's I'm gonna ruin his. Back. I'm going to ruin his life hack. You're triaged in the back of the ambulance. They call ahead, and sometimes you do go straight to the waiting room. I will readily admit, I did not, and I did not have anything life-threatening. I had a knee injury. You had a you had a light day at the ER. 
I've been on I've been on the ambulance okay. I've been on no, the ambulance side of this. I have called in with flu symptoms before and been sent straight to an ER room. I have called in with flu symptoms and been told they will be triaged, which means they're going to the waiting room. And when you get there, you realize the difference. Right. Three rooms open, twenty rooms open. And that that's the difference. They're they have to hold open available trauma rooms for the real thing. Oh sure. And if they're having a very, very busy day, a twisted knee, you're going to go straight through the back, and you're going to go sit down out front. Uh, and, and a uh, broken bone that's protruding. Oh yeah. You're going to go straight to a room. They they you're triaged in the ambulance, and and that's that is good and bad. When it's a light day at the ER, you're right. You're going to go straight to a room. Life is good. If it's a heavy day at the ER, you don't have anything that's life threatening. Out to the. Uh, out to the waiting room you go. My my daughter was actually in what was considered an observation room with her first kidney stone. That way she could be in a little bit more comfortable situation. It wasn't as full of people as the, as the waiting room or lobby was. And there was nursing staff, not just administrative staff. So there were actually trained nurses at a desk able to keep an eye on her because they just didn't have the room for her right. situation at the time. Uh, it... And it's not, and I don't want to, I, I actually feel bad for the head ER nurse because they're the ones that's got to make that decision. And believe it or not, there are, flu-like symptoms can mimic other stuff. Oh, yeah. Or other stuff can mimic flu-like s- symptoms. Let me put it that way. I mean, there there are people, um, a lot of times with, with men, lower back pain can inter- in, indicate a heart situation, and you can misjudge that. Mm-hmm. But. You're the one with the medical training. You've got to make that choice, yep. and it's 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 no different than you know I'm I got to get from A to B, and I'm going to turn left because that's what I think is the best route. You you have to go based yeah. on your gut, and I've actually taken people in that the head nurse wanted to visibly look at the patient before they made their decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean it, it's I've also been on the way in, and we had I had one that I that was outside of my purview of training. Uh, we were on the way in, and that person did not need my level of training. They needed somebody else's level of training. We had nobody available on our crew. I had to call another. <laughs> we had to stop at a gas station, pick up somebody. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it it's kind of a wild thing to do. It's also very stressful. Yeah. Uh, and I took a pregnant lady in. I prayed the entire way that she didn't have that baby on that ambulance. Yes, I was qualified, certified, and uh, the, the state I live in said that I could deliver that child. I did not want to. <laughs> I knew what to do. I was running through it in my head the whole time I was running. I had one side of my brain running through what to do. The other side of my brain was like, Lord, please let this woman have this baby in the hospital. Right. At least get me to the door. <laughs> yeah. At least get me to the door. Please, God, let there be a nurse in the parking lot. <laughs> well, I know last week we promised camping stories and we've... Yeah, and this one's not going to be very funny. I just want to... I, I want to... Okay. T- I want to tell... Uh, we went camping for Christmas. You you already know that, and I think we said that before Christmas uh, yes. on the podcast. And, and this is not a first, but we got single digit temperatures. Yep, for Christmas. Uh, and I'm going to follow that up with it. Might as well be springtime outside now. But we had single digit temperatures for Christmas, and uh, we headed north. That was a heck of a run. Let me we, tell you, we we left our our city, and it was like seven. When we got to where we were going, it was in the neighborhood of five. It got down that low. So now our <laughs> camper is our camper is designed 
for four seasons of camping. We've got the appropriate insulation, blah, 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 and they call it a heated underbelly. In other words, there's there's open ductwork where there are water lines in my camper. I had also done what's called winterizing the camper. The water lines had antifreeze in them. But I will get to that in a minute. Let's start at the driveway as we are leaving. Oh, you don't even get out of your driveway. No. So we decided oh, wow. we, we called ahead to the camp to the campground. Is there going to be water available during the daylight hours or only if it's above freezing? There's going to be water available at one faucet unless it gets above freezing. Then we will come and cut the water on at each individual campsite. Okay, makes sense. There's a couple of hundred campsites. If you're going to use one faucet, one faucet gets frozen over and breaks, you only have to replace one faucet. Totally. So it makes sense. All campers have an onboard water tank. Again, my onboard water tank is in that heated underbelly, so I don't have to worry about it being so cold all the time that it will freeze. Might get a little ice in it, but it's not going to freeze solid. Okay. So I decide I'm going to fill up my fresh water tank before I leave the house. Uh, said campground is on a well, and there's so much activity on it, most of the time the, the, the water's not all that great. So we take our own to, to drink anyway. We had about eight, maybe ten gallons of water. Uh, I think it was more like eight gallons of water that we take for cooking and drinking. Because, and I'm not digging at them. Wales, different region. Oh yeah. It just to us, it just didn't taste. It doesn't taste that great. So we use their water for service water, washing dishes, flushing the toilet, taking sure. a shower. We take our own water to drink. So I get my hoses out. Gonna fill up my tank. Go over to my outside water faucet. Well, I, out of habit, because it has frozen on me before, cut it off. Yep. What I didn't do was open the valve, oh. which is the other thing I normally do. Yeah. Hook my hoses up, cut my outside water on, wrung the knob clean off. Cut it off. I have zero other way to get water to a hose. So it's like, all right, we'll just fill up when we get there. Don't want to pull the extra 600 pounds anyway. Yes, I calculated it up. It's an extra 600 pounds. So we get... For the record, that affects gas mileage. Yes. And plus, I'm going up and around... Well, not... I've got some back roads crossing a mountain, and it also affects how the camper reacts. Sure. As far as being, being towed. So we leave. Pull out of the driveway. That's just... Okay, that's that's the one thing that's going to go horribly wrong. No big deal. At least we got it out of the way in yeah, our driveway. We triple checked to make sure that our, our water wasn't going to come on and just run nonstop. Right. Triple checked that. We get out. We're heading down the road. Hear a noise at our first turn, which is off of our road onto another road. Don't think much of it. All of a sudden, I've got a little extra drag on the camper. Like something isn't quite right. Tap the brakes a couple of times just in case condensation maybe froze my brakes up. All right, it's just going to pull funny. I'm not going to get all twisted out of shape. I'm just not going to do it. There's no need for, for your normal reaction to this, Kenny. Life is good. Get on the open highway, uh, which means I am past the auto parts store and cemetery. Yeah. And that last light. Uh, you, you know where I am. I know you do. I'm down that first hill. Check side view mirror, and there's smoke rolling out from underneath my camper. Not good. No. Uh, flashers slow down. No place to pull over. I come to a complete stop. 
I realized the smoke is coming off of a wheel. Oh, no. My brakes have not just frozen. They're locked. Oh. Creep. And I mean creep to someplace where I can pull off. Thankfully, it was five degrees, so they cooled quickly. What had happened, uh, the trailer is uh, designed to have an emergency brake. If it pulls away from the tow vehicle, this pin pulls out of this braking mechanism. The brake's locked down. It's supposed to keep it from rolling out of control. Well, the wire that connects all of that to my hitch, my truck, got caught underneath a part of the hitch. So when I made a 90-degree turn, I it pulled, pulled it. Loose. Hence the noise and the drag that I felt. I now know what that sounds like and feels like. I will never make this mistake again. I had to climb up in the back of the truck with the fifth wheel still hitched to the truck. My fat ass had to get in all this crap, get down underneath all of that, find that little thing, get the cable loose, get it put back in there. And then, of course, you felt the truck rock back. Brakes are loose. So for the next, I don't know, two and a half hours, every 20 seconds, my wife is checking a side view mirror. For the next two and a half hours, Human every, nature. every 0.5 seconds, I'm checking a side view mirror. And every time we made a turn, I made her turn around and look to see if she could see that cable. <laughs> Life is good. We're about halfway through our trip. We decide we're safe. Go on up the road. Get there. We get there. We check in. We're going to need to hook up to that, that one faucet. Guy goes, we're not allowed to cut water on. I hate all of y'all uh, at, at this moment. And But luckily, the young lady behind the desk, this was a new guy, and he'd never worked a winter before. So, I mean, because he'd only been there a couple of months. So, young lady checked us in, was like, nope, you, no, this, they need to go here. And he even called somebody else, double-check, make sure he wasn't doing anything wrong. Kudos to him. So we get out there, we fill the tank up, talking to this guy. He's, he's, he's very friendly. He's explaining the whole reason why he said no. We get the tank filled up, and this particular campground escorts you to your site. Oh, And nice. will spot you in. Uh, the owner of the campground, not only can he spot you in, he can put you perfectly on the site. This guy comes in. They've added a little yellow line, basically where you need to put your wheels. And he looks at me and he goes... I'm not going to do this for you. I'm going to see how good you are. I kind of laughed. And, and and my next statement was, I'm about to screw up everything. I was so, saying, had you not said that, I would have straight you know, up it's, it's, nailed it's, it. It's on now. But I did. Nailed it first try. I get out. And he goes, oh, you must have been doing this for a few years. And my wife speaks up. He goes, and she goes, he's got a CDL. He drives stuff bigger than this every day. Oh, that's on her. Don't steal the man's thunder. I just looked at the guy and I'm like, she's not lying. <laughs> and he, anyway, we went on about life. And um, I went to prime the, the water pump. Because the onboard water pump pulls from the onboard water tank. Pressurize, pressurize the lines. Get the antifreeze out. I go to prime. Nothing's happening. I'm like, great. Great, great. There's no way all of this froze in the five, ten minutes it took to drive from there to here and back in. All right, we're 20 minutes in. Even at five degrees, there's no way the entire 60 gallons of water no. froze. Go back, hit the little knob that drains the tank, nothing comes out. All right, I can understand the six inches of drain spike has froze maybe an inch or two into into that area, and then it's going to be a little chunky, but there's no way. No. You no way. Now, we, we pulled up a, a jug of water, a little bit of chunk in it. That was sitting in the camper on the way up. All right, 
So if that one gallon isn't froze completely there's over no way. in a four and a half hour drive, there's no way 60 gallons is froze over. So I go to where my my outside hose is. They call it an outdoor shower, even though this one only has cold water. But it's great for rinsing feet, mud off stuff. Anyway, I pull it off, look down in it, and it looks like a cherry slushy. I did not know, just learned this. The RV Marine antifreeze that I use, not only does it freeze at negative 50, so I can't go into Alaska, but it turns into a slushy when you get down into the single digits. Won't freeze solid, still keeps it from causing damage, but the water pump's not designed to push a slushy out of faucet. Right. So we had no onboard water after everything we went through to have onboard water. So, our Christmas was spent in a, what I consider to be a very nice fifth wheel, in which we could only use the bathroom to brush our teeth because we brought water with us. We could only use the bathroom to pee because it's a gravity-fed toilet. Water will go down the drain. The other stuff doesn't. We couldn't wash dishes but once because we didn't have any service water. Thankfully... Santa brought me some sanitary wipes, uh, basically uh, like hand sanitizer, only in a wipe. So Santa gave those to me early so Uh that we could wash our hands before we ate a meal. Showers at the shower house. That's not that bad till you walk out with your head wet and it's two degrees outside. God. Other stuff at the bathhouse. That's not that bad till it's 4.30 in the freaking morning. And you're fighting, not shitting yourself, trying to put on a pair of pants so you can get to the bathhouse. <laughs> By the way, anybody awake at that time of the morning realized I was in my long underwear and a Carhartt coat, and that was about it. I didn't care. <laughs> I figured once you saw where I was going, you knew what the problem was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. If they were up that time, they were probably doing the exact same thing. Exactly. So, first <laughs> night, and my my wife's, my wife's only fear of all of this is, is the furnace on the camper going to keep up against these temperatures? Yeah. Cause it was unseasonably cold, even for this area. Now, the camper has a propane furnace and it has an electric fireplace that does put out 1500 water Watts of heat. We didn't close the bedroom door because we didn't want it to get down to two degrees up there, but we left it, we pulled it up cracked so that the heat from the fireplace would build up a little bit. Right. Uh, and then we let the, we, we just let the furnace do its thing. Whatever it felt like it needed to do, we let it do it. Cut right through it. It was the, We got a little cold sitting in our recliners, but there's window behind us, window beside us, and, and that's on a slide room, which is out away from the rest of the camper. Which means but, it's cold from the bottom. Too. Yeah, so basically no, no different than getting cold sitting in front of a picture window in any house. Yep. All right, life is good. We can handle this water thing. We are seasoned campers. We have camped without onboard water before. This is not a big deal. It's it, At this point, it's a joke. Put the heavy... I did. Literally pulled out the long underwear, put it in the camper because of the temperatures. Had my Carhartt coat, which is very, very warm. Don't even need anything on underneath it. By the way, I tested that theory. Uh, left everything out so you could get to it quickly. Yeah. Because sometimes that cramp hits and you got to go. So, wake up. My normal time to wake up and and tend to, you know, peeing, pooping, whatever, because I'm on a schedule. Get up, go to the bathroom to pee. Realize I can see my breath when I exhale. And it's very cold in the camper. 
we ran the propane tank out. Sometime in the middle of the night, it's now 44 degrees in my camper. Oh, my God. Oh, we didn't know. Two of us oh. and a dog underneath a blanket. I mean, we put a blanket and a comforter on that. Oh, bed. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, so no. we you were wouldn't have known until you we got up. toasty until I got out from underneath that to go tinkle. <laughs> you know, You're let's just, you didn't leave frosty footprint, footprints I'm on the floor. pretty or... certain I was shooting icicles trying to hit the toilet. But anyway. No kidding. Uh, but I knew what happened. I mean, I, it's not the first time I've run the furnace out of propane, it, so I, I knew what happened. It's just the first time it was five degrees outside, and I run the furnace out of propane. So, again, here I go, grab the long underwear, and I'm sitting over here fumbling trying to find my hoodie. And I'm like, you know what, Carhartt. Just put the Carhartt on, didn't even bother with the shirt, took care of business. By then, I had to go to the bathhouse and take care of business. My wife gets up, and she's like, were you messing underneath the camper this morning? Yeah, we 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 ran out of propane. She was weird. I was sweating. Good for you. I wasn't. <laughs> but all in all, good trip. And that's actually the worst of the worst of it was locking them brakes up. Sure, of all of that. Well, that has the biggest financial implication yes. potentially. So and the I whole we can't that. drive five four hours like this. Now we got to cancel our trip. Right. That's where we were at, at the beginning of the story. Sure. Was holy crap. We don't even get to go. Yeah. So, I am curious, though, for the sake of it, I assume you have an additional propane tank? You yeah. always carry There's a, a the, the camper actually comes with two. There's one on the left, one on the right. Uh, they each have their own compartment, and uh, all together, I've got about 60 gallons of propane. Okay. Uh, they're that size. They're a pretty decent size, because there's a lot of propane appliances. The refrigerator can be run on propane. Right. Oven and stove is propane. Uh, the furnace is propane, and my water heater is both propane and electric, so I can use either there. So I have plenty of propane on board, and I have this habit, thankfully, of when I empty a tank, I fill the tank. Oh, well, yeah. So, you know, I I, I did very good. We, we went ahead. Uh, luckily, the owners of the campground feel like if they have campers, they need to have their store open. So Christmas Day was the morning we woke up having run out of propane and as much as I don't want to patronize them on Christmas day because they should have an easy day. I do appreciate them being open because to me, that's kind of respectful. I'm there. What if I need something? Uh, and I mean, and it's not just, I'm not just talking about what if I forgot eggs, I'm talking about they carry, that's a they carry thing. repair parts, but we called We called up and, um, they said they could fill propane. They had somebody that was able to do it. They come and got the tank, filled it up, brought it back to me. Went ahead and charged it to the credit card on file. It was really, really nice. So we managed, let's see, that was Sunday. We left on Tuesday. The furnace ran out of propane about an hour before we clocked it up and hitched up to it. So in those kinds of temperatures, a, a tank and about maybe a, a half, not bad. Yeah, no. Uh, so, I mean, it. yeah, they... Um, didn't even think to tell you that. Yeah, all I had to do really was go outside and cut the empty tank off. You know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You've had a gas grill. Then there's another valve, a switch, and then I go to the other tank, cut it on. Typically takes about a minute for the lines to pressurize. Mm-hmm. Go back in there and cut the furnace on. Fired right up. Right. Of course, by then I'm awake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're so, no laying back know, down. I, did, I I went ahead and got the coffee ready and <laughs> went on sure. about life. But uh, other than that, we had a very relaxing uh, Christmas morning after all that, though. Uh, all things considered, I mean, we we started telling these jokes to everybody as jokes from the get-go. 
Right. Uh, because it, it, it's just another camping story and another good time. And it was a very relaxing Christmas morning. Got up, walked the dog, exchanged gifts, had a little snack. Uh, we got a phone call that, that the child had made it to the apartment. So we went straight on over there, had brunch, did another round of gifts, stayed for a little bit, come home. Didn't neither one of us take a nap, but we said we were going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> but which we, you know, we we couldn't take the dog with us to the apartment, so we had to go home, walk the dog, come back. Right. It was a great time. We hung out over there more than we did at the camper. They hung out at the camper a couple of times. Uh, it it was a lot of fun, and it's it's actually good to know that the furnace on my camper can cut through that. Yeah, no kidding. It's actually good to know about how long a, a propane tank's going to last. <laughs> Because uh, you never see know that when too, a, yeah. we'll see a winter storm. I can plug up at home, right, and go out there and have heat, and and not just heat in one room because I have a generator and I'm able to to do that. I can go out there and sit in my recliner and watch DVDs and right. and have heat throughout. Uh, but we it's a, it's a blast. It's just a, it's kind of weird. We had so many happenings in one trip. Yeah. They kind of stacked up on you. It's like it's like we've had such a great camping season. Let's just everything screw up now and be done with it. Well, but it, let's be honest. If you did it on the first one, if you weren't seasoned campers, you'd have thrown your hands up and go, "I don't yeah. think we're going to go anywhere this year. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna go out and uh, you know watch a couple of movies out there, make sure everything behaves." But uh, yeah, we're not traveling this we, year. We uh, we uh, actually when we bought the first one, we're like, you know, you realize if we don't like this, this is now a guest house, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what we thought of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our first one, we we didn't spend a lot on it, so we we were we would have hopefully been able to sell it for at least what we owed on it to get out of it. Sure. But we fell in love with it, and I mean, we must have because I had seasoned campers looking at me going, "You're going to do what?" In Christmas, you've lost your mind. Right. No, I haven't. I'm gonna go have a good time and be with my child. <laughs> I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna. And I, I, our only alternative was one night, go up Christmas Eve, come home Christmas Day, because right. we were gonna have to find somebody to watch the dog. And you know, we wouldn't have been able to go, but just like a night for that. So, mm-hmm. and we know that there's gonna come a time it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be an overnight trip. Uh, work schedules, blah blah blah. There's gonna eventually be a time where it's just gonna be an overnight trip, but. We'll see what happens. Being able to balance both of them is certainly a positive. Well, I mean, you take the good with the bad. Some years we're going to get good. Some years we're going to get bad. If if we luck up, if they get a house that's got a driveway, I can put a, a camper hookup up there, at least the electrical side of it, take it up a couple of weeks ahead of time, park it, go right. up, spend a night in my own place, go back and get it a couple of days later. I mean, you know, it's it, it's all in what you do and what you want to do. I didn't have to stay in a hotel. Right. And I was able to take my dog with me, so I'm, I'm I was happy about all that. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. But anyway, we've done uh, oh, we've done multiple types of presents. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All sorts of gifts coming down chimneys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 about as accurate as it gets. Yeah, pretty much. Well, anyway, well we'll be back. We'll do it again next week, as usual. Don't be a dick. <laughs>